The title of our study tonight is Guess What I Learned at Dinner. Guess What I Learned at Dinner. Luke chapter 14. And it came to pass, as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day, that they watched him. And behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. And Jesus answering said unto the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they held their peace. And he took him and healed him and let him go. And answering them, saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not or would not answer him again to these things. And he put forth a parable to those which were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms, saying unto them, When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, Give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. Then thou shalt have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and him that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Then said he unto him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just." Cindy, Zach, and I had a unique privilege. We were invited by a Jewish man to come and celebrate Sabbath meal with him and with his family. Have, have any of you done that with Jewish friends? You have, okay. And, you know, this, we're not talking about Passover. We're just talking about Shabbat. We're talking about Sabbath day. And... Our host was very kind. He walked us through the different things that we were seeing before we would do it. Hospitality is common for the Jews, and our host invited guests often for this. So we come to our text tonight, and one of the chief Pharisees invited Jesus, along with many others, to celebrate a Sabbath meal with them. And we're going to see three things tonight. Jesus is going to address holiness. He's going to address happiness. And he's going to address hospitality. And all of them are going to stem 
from a heart that looks to God and not to men. So we come to guess what I learned at dinner. Now let's look at our text, verse 1 of chapter 14. And it came to pass as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day that they watched him. Now, before we just kind of read the text and jump right into it, I want us just to back up for a moment and think, why did the Pharisee invite Jesus to dinner? Now, that's not a joke, all right? But, but I just want you to think about it for a minute. Why did the Pharisee invite Jesus over for dinner? Were they really good friends? What would have been the point? And I would suggest to you, look at the last three words of verse 1. They watched him. You ever gone to a meal and you just felt like you were on display, you're just being watched, and you're uncomfortable with that? I remember when I went to Cindy's grandparents, and Cindy's grandpa kind of had this thing whenever the girls would bring a, a guy to meet him, he would do the weirdest things and watch your response. And he would go after us city boys, and he would tell us to do things and then watch our, re watch our reactions. I, for me, he takes me out through the garden, and he said, you ever had dill? And he, he breaks off a piece of dill and hands it, taste this. Well, it's like it absorbs every bit of water in your mouth. You can't spit. And you know Grandpa was just chuckling. He's laughing at me. To my brother-in-law, he reached down in the dirt and pulled out a turnip and hands it to him with all this mud hanging off and says, here, taste this. This is sweet. That whole weekend, I just kind of felt like I was being watched. Now, Jesus is invited to this Sabbath dinner, but Jesus was not there because they were close friends. They were watching Jesus to see if he would make a mistake. And the first thing we're going to learn as we go through these six verses is understanding to be holy. What does it mean to be holy? So look, lo and behold, look at verse 2, and behold, who would have thought? There was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. Now, the Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus and trying to get him to do something to dishonor God so that they can point to him and say, see, he violates God's laws. All right, so you have to have in their mindset, they're thinking they're going to get Jesus to violate God's word. So they bring in this guy who has the dropsy. The word dropsy means to look watery. What he had was a very painful disease, either because of kidney problems or heart ailment or liver disease, and his tissues were filling with water. And so his skin would be droopy. He would have 
this, this layer of water, very painful, very uncomfortable, and not necessarily pleasant to look at. Well, who would have thought? Jesus shows up at this Sabbath dinner, and a guy with the dropsy just shows up at the Sabbath dinner. Who would have guessed, right? What do you think's going on? You think you're picking up on, they were watching him, and they put before him a man with the dropsy. Now, what do we know? Luke has been teaching us all the way through. What do we know about Jesus? He was compassionate. They knew if they put someone before Jesus that he would heal them. So they put him right before Jesus, and they wait to see what he's going to do. Notice verse 3. So we see the trap. And they, the, the Pharisees thought they would get Jesus to dishonor God. And Jesus immediately turns it around and shows the Pharisees that the way they lived were dishonoring God. Isn't that interesting? Verse 3. And Jesus answering spake unto the lawyers and Pharisees saying... Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? Okay, so how many in the room can heal? All right, how many there at the, at the Pharisee's house could heal? All right, everyone raised their hands, right? No, no one could raise. They couldn't heal on any day of the week. It made no difference what day of the week. They couldn't heal. And so Jesus asks them, so is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they held their peace. Why did they hold their peace? Here they thought they had this great trap. They were going to trick Jesus. And Jesus immediately turns that same thing back to them. Because if it is lawful to heal on the Sabbath day, then they were the ones that were guilty of breaking the Sabbath. Because they were saying, yes, go ahead and do this. If it wasn't lawful to heal on the Sabbath day, what they were really saying is, we don't care about this man. And Jesus set it up for them to see what kind of religion, what kind of holiness they really had. And their response was, silence. Verse 4, and they held their peace, and he took him and healed him, and let him go. Think about that for a moment. Do you think the man with the dropsy was there because he wanted to be there? Do you think they brought him there, not of his own will, but they brought him there to set up Jesus? And we would say it's conjecture until I read the end of verse 4, and he let him go. What do you think this guy did? Think he stayed for the party? You think he stuck around there with those people that were setting him up to make him look bad, to make him feel bad, to point out the obvious? He wasn't there on because he wanted to be there. And Jesus healed him and said, you can go. You don't have to stay here. What a kind, what a kind Savior. And then, verse 5, and answering them, saying, which of you shall have an ox or an ass fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath? And they could not answer him again to these things. What Jesus is pointing out to them 
is that true holiness is not a list of do's and don'ts. True holiness is how you treat God's creatures, God's people. And he, Jesus often, we talked about it earlier, how Jesus will start with the lesser and go to the greater. What did Jesus say? Would you take care of an animal? If one fell in a pit, wouldn't you take care of that animal? Wouldn't you on the Sabbath go and rescue that animal so that it wouldn't get hurt? And the obvious answer was, of course we would. Therefore, he's now going to the higher, and he's saying, why wouldn't you care about a person who's made in God's image? You know, it's interesting, isn't it, in our society today that we often will value animals greater than people. We've placed animals at the same level as people. And what, what Jesus was first teaching was, he was saying, let me, let me tell you how to genuinely be holy. And that is, you care for other people. Now notice, Jesus didn't violate the law. The law that was taking place here was a law that the Pharisees had made up. How far you could walk, what it meant to work, what it meant to rest on the Sabbath. And Jesus totally kept the Sabbath and yet demonstrated the freedom of the Sabbath. This guy, it was the best rest day he would ever have. It was the best Sabbath, the best release he would ever have. But Jesus taught holiness. I want you to notice the next thing. He talks about how do you in life actually make progress? How do you get higher in life rather than lower? Look at verse 7 with me. And he put forth a parable to those which were bidden. So what's he talking about? So the first people he talked to were the Pharisees. The second, per, second group of people he's going to talk to are the people that the Pharisees invited. The third person we're going to look at this evening very briefly is going to be the person that was the host. So let's look at the second. Beginning at verse 7, And he put forth a parable to those which were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms, saying unto them, When thou art bidden to any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him, and he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, Give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. Then thou shalt have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So here's the lesson. The first one is... Remember, people are more important than your ritual. The second lesson is, how do you become a more important person? And notice what Jesus, Jesus is going to instruct on how to be exalted. He says, don't get caught up in the game of self-promotion. So first of all, have a right view of yourself. Now, at this kind of a social function that he's describing, there would be usually um, a table with three places set. And then if there were more people, 
then there would be, they would turn it into a U shape and they would just keep extending it and they would put three at each table. Now the most important table would be the center table. From that it would go left and then right and then left and then right and then left and then right as you go around the U. And at each table the center position was more important than the other two positions. So as people were coming into this, they were all heading for the center position at each table. And if probably they weren't taking the center of the center table because they knew they probably weren't going to get to keep that spot. But it's kind of like kids that when they run to the car and they're all trying to get who's going to get to ride shotgun and everyone else has to ride in the back. Well, that's kind of what they're describing as, as he's showing this. They could visualize this. We don't visualize this so well. But what he's saying is Jesus going to that meal had saw the people coming in and they saw people jockeying for a position. Who am I going to get to sit beside? What can I do to kind of promote myself? How can I look better in the crowd so people say, oh, he was sitting close. That must be an important person. Jesus saw what was taking place how they had maybe been pushing and shoving, and even maybe this had taken place where the host had had to come and say, um, <clears throat> sir, that chair was for, that, that was for Jeff, and if you could just go somewhere else, you know? So all of a sudden, what happens? Now you're embarrassed, so then he immediately then goes to another spot, and he goes, well, I'm really sorry to say this, but you know, that was for Zach. So could you, and little by little by little, you just feel smaller and smaller and smaller. And yet, the world's way of thinking is, here's how you promote yourself. And Jesus said, the way to exaltation, the way to get ahead is to learn to be humble. It's similar to 1 Peter chapter 5 where we read, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. To you younger people, let me just encourage you. Learn the principle of being humble. I told Cindy when I left on Sunday, this, I had to giggle when someone, after the church service, someone said, you appear to be really humble. Are you really humble? And I, I got to giggling. And I wanted to say, oh, you nailed it. You're exactly right. <laughs> and I thought, this person doesn't know me. And that would totally blow them out of the water. How do you even answer a question like that? Because, oh, yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. I'm the humble one around here. Well, not so much on most days. Occasionally, I might get something right. But what's Jesus teaching? Jesus is saying, selfish pride always brings you down. It's okay to tell other people they did a good job. One of the, one of the key verses in Proverbs that, especially with my son Andrew, all, all I would constantly tell him, a man's gifts make room for him. 
You just become what you're supposed to be. And your gifts will make room for you. If, if those are legitimate, people will recognize your gifts and they'll make room for you. You don't have to promote yourself. You don't have to put yourself in a position to become something. Because the reality is, if you puff yourself up, and even if at first people go, wow, that person really is good, it's going to catch up to you. And Jesus in kindness is saying, let me tell you how to get ahead. You get ahead by being humble. And then let's look at the third one, verse 12. And in this last one, he's now talking to the host. And he looks at the host and he says, Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, nor thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when he that makest a feast... But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the blamed, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. Now that's a segue that we will see next week in our Bible study, beginning at verse 15. But I would like for us to pause at this point and just think for just a moment. What he's saying is, he said, understand how to get blessing. You're only going to get blessed one, one time, which means either you can try to get the blessing from other people or you can minister God's kind of love to people and God then will bless you. Jesus addresses the host. He says, don't get trapped into the way of thinking, the way of getting ahead is to do something for someone else. You know, so... I'm going to do something nice for Micah because I need Micah to do something for me. Hopefully you've never done that. I'm ashamed to tell you I've done that more times than not. I, I mean, a guy with a, a really nice looking car when I was in high school would drive up to church. I needed to meet that guy. A guy that's driving the beater, I'll get to him. You know, James addresses that, doesn't he? He says, when you look for people with the good clothes and all of a sudden, those are the people who say, sit here. And the person that's not dressed so nice, you go, sit here. And Jesus is teaching this principle to us. He's saying, understand that blessing comes. Be genuine in your hospitality. Help those who need help. It's okay to invite your family. It's okay to invite your friends. But do what you do out of love, not out of greed. God's the best judge for our rewards. So what could they have learned at dinner? What should we have learned from his dinner? Happiness, holiness, and hospitality all should stem from a right heart. A heart that looks to God, not to men. Holiness isn't found in meeting men's standards but honoring God. Religious leaders tried to actually use holiness to trap people under the pretense of honoring God. And Jesus pointed to practical holiness. You know, if there's something that I would want to always hold before us as a church, that our holiness would not just be words, but our holiness would be practice. When we see people who have needs, 
that we would be sensitive to it.